You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, everybody. Cheryl Kay here. Welcome to Unleashed. I um, are so glad that you have stopped by to listen. And today I want to talk about a few different topics. First off, I want to just do some random housekeeping. On the personal note, I wanted uh, to let you know, as you know, I have a Maine Coon cat, Daniel Boone. And because the groomers who I used to take him to uh, closed up, I haven't as yet found from recommendation found a place that I wanted to bring him and I've been a little busy with some you know with the show and some other personal things and some company so I haven't really investigated it as I should have I do brush him every day sometimes more than once a day and if you know anything about Maine Coons their underbelly hair is thicker and longer than on their back so I started to notice, I think from rolling around on the carpet, I don't think it happens because of the wood floor, that he gets a little knots, you know, just like, you know, if we went to sleep when we were kids with long hair and chewed gum, <laughs> we got some knots in our hair and our parents said, we're going to cut it out. Well, I have tried to comb it out and it just doesn't work. So I have taken to cutting it out. And then I noticed that even in his underbelly, He's started to get these knots. And I do have clippers, but I don't know how to use them, and I certainly don't want to try it on him. So I was just looking for maybe some of your suggestions what I could do. I have to be honest, I did bathe him. It wasn't pretty, and it didn't help. And I think it just made it worse, even though I brushed him to get out the gnawls. Anyway, I just wanted to say that for my... um for my housekeeping on truth and consequences. And today I wanted to talk about a child's first pets. I mean, you know, kids just love animals. If they see somebody walking a dog or you take them to somebody's house, they always want to go up to the dog. And most times dogs want to come up to them. So I put together what I think and some from my research, what people have said might be good first pets for children. As far as age goes, I would think that's up to the parents. They know how responsible their children are and how maybe if they've seen other animals, how they respond to them. Because you you certainly want when a child does see a dog that they don't know, whether it's in a park, it's at a friend's house, or you're walking down the street. The rule of thumb is that they should stand still with their arms down, stand like a tree, and not stare the animal down and open up their hands so the dog, if it does approach, can safely sniff to know that they have nothing. And never try to take away a toy from a dog. Not even your dog until you really get to know them. So today I wanted to talk about what would be a good pet for a child's first pet. Of course, there's birds and, you know, uh, small cockatiels, parakeets. They're wonderful. And you know, there is interaction with these with these birds. They do interact with you. As I've mentioned before, even with my cats, I had parakeets in a cage. I've never covered it, but it was in a ceiling light and a plant hook. And the and the cats just loved it. They loved it. And when I played music, the birds got, you know, wild and crazy as they could get, and it was uh happy and they're pretty. Also very good for a child's first pets would be a hamster. 
that is something small, delicate that they could handle and watch them, you know, go around in the cage and, and the wheel and, you know, maybe as the child, depending on their age, you could instill in the child how to clean the cage and take some responsibility. Because the one thing that animals teach us, number one, is love. They'll love you no matter what, more than they love themselves. And responsibility. You know, you know how many kids beg their parents, oh, I want a puppy, I want a puppy, I promise I'll feed them, I'll promise I'll walk them. I'm guilty of that too. And uh, But if you could instill that in them, I think it teaches them a lot. You know, certainly kindness, love, and devotion, and loyalty. Also, fish, they are pretty, and they do need, you know, uh, care as far as feeding them, I guess, every other day or every day, depending on what type of fish they are. They are pretty. They also need to be cleaned. But what I thought was really interesting is rabbits. Rabbits, there's over 60 different type of rabbits. They come in all different shapes, colors, sizes. And that is something that, even though they might be cage animals, I've had friends who've had them, you know, in their home, just like, you know, they have a litter box, they are friendly, they sit on your lap, you know, kind of like ferrets. But ferrets, although they are friendly, they do come with an odor, and not everybody likes that odor. But, you know, it's just a small sampling of these type of pets. After the break... We're going to talk about the kind of dogs that might be very good for your first child's pet. Be right back after this from our sponsor. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com We're back, and today we're going to talk about the dogs that would be good for your your child's first pet as far as um, temperament, size, and just the overall attitude of the pet. Of course, what comes to mind first is a golden, golden retriever. They are absolutely the most beautiful, beautiful dogs, and children love them, and they love children. They also need a lot of exercise, so depending on the age of your child, it really could be something that if you have a nice yard, they go out and play, they throw a ball, or you know, if you could instill in them, of course, accompanying them, taking their dog to a park, an animal park would be great. Also is, believe it or not, the beagle. I never really had good luck with a beagle. I never been bit by an animal, but a childhood friend of mine had one and it always like nipped me. But you know, that's just me. It could have been my attitude. You know, I'm going back 50 something years. 
but I'm just giving my opinion and my own experience. The bulldog is a sweetheart. I have a few friends that have bulldogs, and they are just the cutest. Also, the poodle. Now, I had a poodle. I had a standard poodle. They are brilliant and very, very smart. Although I loved my poodle, and he loved us, he was, and we got him when I was older. My first dog was a tri-color collie, and that is not on this list, which I find unbelievable, because who wouldn't think that Lassie would be the best dog in the world for a child? Also, the Irish Setter, and they have a lot of energy, and they are very playful, and that, I think, is great for a kid. I think I think a child needs a dog that we could trust, they could trust, the dog trust us back, they could roll around, and they could lay on them and play with them. But I just want to tell you one experience that I heard from a friend of mine. He had young children. I'm not talking two, three, four, five. I'm talking, man, maybe nine, ten, and eleven. And his son brought over a bunch of his friends, and they were all hanging out. And, you know, the dog was sleeping on the couch. And, you know, we get expressions from real-life things. Let sleeping dogs lie. Well, one of the friends put his face in front of the dog, spooked him. And what did the dog do? He bit him in the face. It was horrible because the dog was not a mean dog. It wasn't a biter. It just was startled. So I think when we go to people's homes as adults, we don't need to be told because the dog will approach you, you know, new person, new smell, especially if you you come with the smells of your pets. But for a child to go to somebody's house, it's not the child's fault. The child is a child. It was really terrible because they didn't have to put the dog down. But they did have to remove the dog from their home so it wouldn't happen again. And that really is heartbreaking. Also, another dog that is wonderful for children is the Newfoundland. They are fabulous. And they swim. They're big. You could give them a big hug. A friend of mine had a few of them. And he lived on a very big estate. So they fit right in. But they just are beautiful dogs. They also have energy. They also are just so smart and so loving and big. You know, if you want a big dog, you know, that's a wonderful thing. And, you know, I'm I'm always promoting two cats is like one cat, three cats is like two, and two dogs in every home. Especially, you know, our homes today are much bigger, our living spaces. And I've been noticing that a lot of people who are adopting are adopting a friend for their dog. They have a dog that's getting older in life. And they bring in a new dog, and I think that's great because every dog that you rescue and save, you save two because one goes out of the shelter and there's room for another one, unfortunately, to be in there, but also to have a voice and hopefully be rescued. Also, another dog that would be really good would be a bull terrier, which I found, I was surprised about that. They really are supposed to be great with energy and discipline, they listen. So they also would be good for a child. So, you know, and you could let me know at Cheryl at PetLifeRadio.com what you think in maybe your experience that were good choices for your children. My tricolor collie, my parents bought a year before I was born, and I learned how to walk by pulling up on him. Not, you know, not rough, but I was an infant, and he was just a loving, loving dog. Before that, they had... I think it was a schnauzer, and that, you know, was a kind dog. But 
I love my collie. I mean, we had him 13 years. We had my poodle 15 years. I hope at some point right now where I am, um, it's not feasible for me to have a dog. I have other people's dogs. I have lots of friends that have dogs, and I always like to go there and, you know, shake it up a little and play with them and get them all riled up. You know, it's like having grandkids, you know, have all the fun, and then you could leave once they've had enough sugar. We'll be right back after our sponsor for our new topic. Okay, time to call off the dogs. We'll be back with more biting topics right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. I'm a U.S. Air Force member stationed overseas, and we have three rescued mutts. Stone Phillips was to be euthanized. There were bacteria crawling all over his skin. They called it elephant skin. It was rough, wrinkly, like a Brillo pad. He was in constant misery. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. We started feeding him the Dynavite, and his skin, it's a 180 turnaround. His skin has cleared up. He's not in pain. Stone is in excellent shape today. He runs. Stay slim and trim and follows my husband around like he worships him. I would highly encourage you to get a rescue dog and start him out on Dynavite right from the beginning. And they'll make such a difference in your life. Call 859-428-1000. 859-428-1000. Or go to Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, the founder of Whitegate PR. We have been specializing in PR and marketing in the pet industry for over 10 years. If you have a pet product or service you would like to promote, give us a call. We can help create awareness for your brand on TV, radio, magazines, newspapers, and blogs. Feel free to reach me directly at 619-414-9307 or learn more on our website at whitegatepr.com or follow us on Facebook. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. We're back. And just to add one more dog to the dogs of what would be a great first pet for our children is this, and I had never heard of it before. I had seen it, but I guess I didn't know the name. It's called a Vissler, V-I-S-Z-L-A, and it's kind of like a hunting dog. It's got like a cocoa-colored uh, coat, and I spelt the name wrong, so let me correct myself. It's V-I-Z as in zebra, S-L-A, and it's very distinguished-looking. It kind of looks like a, a Weimarang, but it's very regal, and it's got a very, very nice temperament, and also is very caring. It's not that protective that if somebody was to come over to the child, you know, it would bite them, but just a playful, energetic dog. So my second topic today is the most expensive dogs to have for either training, illness. I just thought it would be a very interesting topic. Number one, which uh, doesn't surprise me, is the English Bulldog. They come with some things in the future, skin issues, allergies, eye problems, but they are so sweet. And the one thing about an English Bulldog is the people who get them absolutely love the breed and it doesn't bother them one bit what they might get 
down the road. And that's the beauty of, you know, our choices and our picking out the breed we like, you know, even when you go to a shelter, the dog looks at you, you look at the dog, there definitely is a connection. I'm sure you go in, it could be said that you might go in with a perceived notion of what you're looking for. And then, you know, as you're walking down the hall, somebody might catch you. When I adopted my um, cat, Ricky, it was in one of those buses that were at some kind of events that they could get you because you were going there for another thing, you know, eats, meets, and greets. And and when I walked in, he just stuck his paw through the cage and touched me. I mean, how could I not have taken this cat home? And I did. And the funny thing is, his name was Ricky, and I had a friend named Ricky who I was engaged to at one point, and it was the same day we were due to get married. So I looked at it as kismet. And I had him for, I think I had him, well, I had him up until a few years ago. And after he passed, that's when I got Daniel Boone. So I would have to say maybe 15, 16, 17 years. That's a nice time to have an animal. The second dog that they say would be expensive is the German Shepherd, which I just don't understand that. Lots of animals today are getting cancer, and I think that's just for the environment and maybe food and, you know, just, you know, the world we live in is full of chemicals, just like cancer is prevalent in people today, also in dogs. My poodle did get little growths on the outside, not anything gross or open or anything, but did get some little tumors that were non-cancerous and that wasn't the reason that he passed. He had, he started to have strokes and started not to be able to relieve himself or walk. And then one day he was fine, and then the next day. So some of these things that these animals can live with, for sure. But gastro, just like working dogs. Some of the long dogs get the hip problem, but that doesn't stop us from choosing them and loving them. And another animal, um, and I have 10, so I'm up to number three, is the French Bulldog. And number one, they are not cheap dogs to purchase, and they come with many health issues. Not all of them, but their temperaments are wonderful. So I think temperament trumps any kind of thing that would be wrong with them. Also, another dog that might be expensive would be the Chow Chow. They're great hunting dogs, guarding dogs. They come with some issues, eye problems, cancer, diabetes, which go figure that out. That's up to us. And they start to get autoimmune, which I find is very different. I have never heard of any type of, you know, animal that has that, but especially for a dog that might be a hunting dog. And this is the Mastiff, which is a really large dog with thick coats, and it is considered to be very, very stubborn. They seem to have some allergies, some skin problems, some eye problems. So, but that's, you know, a choice, and that could be many, many years into the future. I love their eyes. I just love the way their face is like a mask. I like big dogs. I like a dog that, I like all dogs, but I really, I mean, a, a big dog is... It says something. It's pretty impressive, you know. They And some of them are just so graceful. How about the Irish Wolfhound? What a beauty that dog is. Talk about those eyes, hooded, sad. Oh, I love their coats. I love their coats. But they really are. They're a really nice, lean, large dog. And I think that some of their issues might just be allergies for the skin coats. And they have some cardiac 
problems. And while we're talking about cardiac problems, I wanted to just, not that I really have to remind anybody, but it really is important to get our dogs checked for heartworm because it is a terrible, terrible disease if it goes unchecked and untreated. The treatment alone to me is torture because, you know, the animal would have to be in a cage for months because it just, this this worm just wraps itself around the heart and like squeezes it. We really have to be vigilant where we walk our dogs, the vaccinations um, updated, and what we feed them. On one of my previous shows, I talked about the vegetables that are good for them. And I was a big proponent. I never gave my cats anything, but you know, cat food. But, you know, I am starting to try other things, and they seem to like it. You know, besides the liver, a lot of steamed vegetables are very, very good for cats. Number seven would be the Great Dane, and that's understandable the way they're built. They're kind of a large breed, just like the Wolfhound, and the Great Dane, I think, is even bigger, and they have elbow problems. I remember growing up, we had a Great Dane on the block. I mean, this dog was huge, and it had like, I guess you would look at it as like psoriasis on its elbows. They also have heart conditions, and they are not cheap to to board because they are such big dogs. The Rottweiler it could be expensive in many, many ways. I'm not knocking the breed because I believe all dogs are good, and it might be the way they are treated that changes that. Rottweilers in the early 1900s were uh, considered babysitters because they had such a wonderful temperament for babies. I mean, they watched the crib, they watched the uh, carriage. Years ago, our ancestors, you know, sat on the porch talking to their neighbors, and life was good, and, you know, you want somebody to watch the baby? It was a Rottweiler. Number nine is the mountain dog, the Bernese mountain dog. They also are a nice, kind of thick dog, big dog, wide dog, sturdy dog. They have really beautiful thick coats, and uh, sometimes in their um, skin, or their, because of their coats, they could get bacteria. So, you know, we always have to brush our animals or groom them as, depending on where they live. But they really are, they are really beautiful dogs. And they also have a high rate of cancer. But that's down the road. We're not talking about now. I'm just bringing this up for topics so everybody knows what they get themselves into because if you like a breed, you're going to, you know, it's like buying a car. There are people who buy Fords and there's people who buy Mazdas. And, you know, some people don't like Fords, found on road daily, fix or repair daily, found on road dead, you know. So it's really to each his own. Also, the 10th dog in the series is the Basset Hound. They're really fabulous-looking animals. I never had one, but they're like a big dog in a small body. They big ears, big face, big head. They have issues also. Some are skin ailments, little bacteria here and there. I think in the ears, so you have to keep their ears clean. Dogs are dogs, and we love them, and cats are cats, so that's the show for today. I want to thank my producer, Mark Winter. I want to remind you any suggestions you have, and I am going through them. It's Cheryl at Pet Life Radio, and remember, live life unleashed. See you next time. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.